0: Well, good morning, St. B's. Good. I am so thrilled to be with you all this morning. Even before I moved to Nashville, I had heard good things about this church, so I am particularly excited to be here today. Now, my name is Caroline Osborne, and I am one of the Associate Rectors at St. George's just down the road. And like St. B's, St. George's is in a rector search process. So when we heard the news about Father Sammy accepting a call somewhere else, well, we've been thinking about you. We've been thinking about you a lot. And I want you to rest assured that you have our love and our prayers as you go through this season. You know, one of the things that I have found in my experience about interim periods, both as a layperson and as a priest, is that they bring up a wide variety of emotions. There is of course excitement. Where could God be leading us? What might be next? What new adventures might he have in store for our church? There can also be a really wonderful sense of gratitude for this community, this church, as you take stock together of where you're at and where God is leading you. A real renewed joy in the strengths that God has given you. But we can't neglect to acknowledge that that is not all that there is to it. It's not all sunshine and roses. There's a lot of uncertainty in a period like this. And uncertainty inevitably provokes anxiety because we're human, and that's how it works to be human. Anxiety in its turn can bring some fear, maybe sometimes anger, defensiveness, and even at times, a kind of doubling down on points where we disagree. Sometimes there's confusion, a sense of loss. Why did this happen? I I thought things were going well. Deep down, there can even be a sense of rejection. I I thought our rector loved us. Now, we can know in our minds that someone like Father Sammy or Father Lee, for that matter, they left because they were listening to God, and it bears no reflection at all on how they felt about us. We can know that them leaving was really about their faithfulness to God's call. We can know all that up here. We can believe it wholeheartedly up here. But in our hearts, it's hard not to feel hurt sometimes, or worried, or angry. So it's not to say that negative emotions are all that there is to this period, not at all, no. But it would be disingenuous to pretend that from time to time they don't come up. And it's important right here from the outset of this journey to acknowledge them so you can better work through them as a community. They force us to ask, how do we, as Christians, go through this season? Not just as a whole church, as a church institution, but as individual Christians living in community together. What does it look like in this particular season to pursue holiness and rely on God's grace? Well, the early church and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah and the patriarchs, they may not have had rector searches per se, but they did go through times of uncertainty and fear, anxiety, times when they were hurt, times when they questioned what God was doing or allowing in their circumstances. For example, Our Old Testament reading today comes from the story of Joseph. And if you're familiar with that story, he had a lot of uncertain times. Now this reading kind of jumps in right at the end, so a bit of a recap is in order here. Jacob, grandson of Abraham and son of Isaac, had 12 sons from two wives and two concubines. So as you can imagine, there was never any family strife. Now Joseph was the older son of Jacob's favorite wife, which made him Jacob's favorite son. So just to make matters worse, Jacob didn't hesitate to show that favoritism. And then Joseph, you know, sometimes you've got to wonder what he was thinking, but then he chose to go and tell his brothers about prophetic dreams he was having, about how they would all bow down to him someday. Well, as you can imagine, that really made them love Joseph. So sick and tired of the favoritism and offended by the idea that they would someday pay homage to their little brother, they decided that they were going to get rid of him. Now, their first plan was to kill him, but when a group of slave traders happened to pass by they had the great idea why not make a quick dime off of this and they sold him into slavery instead then they went back and told their father that he had died and they even faked some evidence for it now meanwhile joseph was taken by these traders and he was sold into slavery in egypt and the man who he was sold to just happened to be a wealthy and influential man Well, God blessed Joseph in this man's household and the whole household flourished and Joseph was promoted and it seemed like everything was going well again until his owner's wife tried to seduce him. And then when he rejected her, she decided to get revenge for that rejection by pretending he'd attacked her. Well, once again, Joseph was back at rock bottom. He was in jail, no connections, no hope. Well, God was still with him. God continued to bless him, and he ended out getting out of jail because God gave him a prophetic role in predicting a coming famine. And the Pharaoh elevated Joseph to a position of being in charge of preparing the whole kingdom of Egypt for that famine. Now, this is where Joseph's family re enters the scene. His brothers, also affected by the famine, show up and they try to buy food. And then there's all sorts of hijinks because Joseph doesn't want them to know who he is, but he also wants to keep them close. There's this whole back and forth. But finally, in the end, we get to the scene we read today. Now, when you think about all of that backstory, about everything that Joseph went through because of his brothers, his words to them are really so much more striking. He says, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. First of all, that is a wild and incredible amount of forgiveness to extend to his brothers. Do not be distressed or angry with yourselves. I think I would have slightly different words for my siblings under those circumstances. But that's not how Joseph handles it. Interestingly, he has this level of forgiveness. And what makes that possible is that he looks toward God. He doesn't say, we're all sinners. We all make mistakes. Sure, those things are true. But the reality is Joseph never sold anybody into slavery and he knows it. If we extend the forgiveness, love, or grace we offer others in accordance with ourselves, really anything about ourselves, we limit that forgiveness, love, or grace. And if not by the extent of our own sins, then just by our biased perception of them. So no, Joseph doesn't look toward himself in order to forgive. He looks toward God. How God took the truly horrible situations he was in and use them for good how God was with him each step of the way even when things seemed their most hopeless bringing along these slave traders so that his brothers decided not to kill him blessing him in his master's house so that he flourished there and even giving him these prophetic gifts when he was in prison so that he could get out in spite of everything he went through, situations that must have caused significant fear, anxiety, anger, and hurt, simply because he was human. In spite of all that, Joseph saw the faithfulness of God, the providence of God, and the love of God. And focusing on that, well... He was able to extend an almost inhuman amount of forgiveness, amount of love and grace to his brothers. And he was able to come through all of that confident still in God. In the same way, in our gospel reading today, Jesus tells his followers that if they only love as much as non-believers do, then they really aren't doing anything special. If they only forgive like non-believers, if they only give like non-believers, then they're really no better than the pagans. It is when they give, forgive, and love in accordance with who God is, and not with anything about themselves or others, that they are children of the Most High. As Jesus says, But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Now, taken out of context, that can sound a little like earning God's love. So let me clarify a little with a brief illustration. I have a one-year-old daughter, and being a mom is a learning experience, to say the least. And one of the lessons that I have learned, a very important lesson, is that I always have to buckle her in her high chair when I put her in. Because otherwise, as soon as she wants my attention, she will stand right up in her high chair, regardless of any danger. Now, before I had quite fully grasped that very essential lesson, before I was used to her being able to stand up like that, she would stand up and I would find myself frantically gesturing, bottom down, bottom on the chair, big girl, sit down, sit down. And I'd run over and, you know, get her all set up, and then I'd buckle her in and be like, oh gosh, i got to remember that next time. Well, a few days after that happened, I heard her making a funny noise with her baby doll, and I saw her doing this with her hand. And I realized that she was copying me. She had seen all my frantic fussing, and now she was fussing at her doll. What a lesson that was. But we do the same thing with God, except with good things. When we look to God as our Father, and the more we look to him, the more we will begin to imitate him, both consciously and unconsciously. You see, Jesus' words are not a matter of earning, but of imitation. Jesus' followers are not winning the status of being God's children by acting this way, No, they're acting this way because they're God's children, and children instinctively copy their parents. So, what does all of this have to say to the season of church life that you are in? Here's the thing. There will be times when you want to act out of your fear for the future. There will be times when some of your fellow parishioners, maybe you yourself, actually do that. There will be times when you're hurt, afraid, anxious, or just angry, whether at those around you or just in general. There will be times when you're confused. There will be times when you wonder what God is doing. There will be times when all these things and more happen because of the rector's search, but really also just because of life. And in those moments, you have a choice. You can look at other people, you can compare yourself to them, you can consider how they wronged you, and that will never go well. Even if you try to look at them positively, maybe as an example or a role model, they will always be a limited example because they're human. Looking at others is never enough. Your other option is to look at God, and that is really the Christian option. We look to the character of God and we try to imitate him, like my daughter trying to copy me, except, you know, in a good way. When we do that, when we look to God, we are able to respond to each other and to our circumstances with so much more love and grace and forgiveness. We're able to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. And because the God we serve is not limited as we are. I don't know what God has in store for St. Pete's, but I do know that he loves you. I don't know what this interim period will look like, but I do know that God will walk each step of the way with you. I don't know who your next rector will be or what changes may come your way, but I do know that the God who is at work then will be at work now and that he will never reject you, abandon you, nor forsake you. When you look to our Heavenly Father, and when you follow him, he will make you more like him. And when you offer that grace, love, and forgiveness to each other through the uncertainty of this interim period and throughout life, you will find that as a church, as well as as individual Christians— You will come out of this season all the stronger in faith, in love, in compassion, in grace, and in godliness. Amen.